All right, back in here on The Fan. A quick Guardians note coming up in about 20 minutes, and we'll get back to the Brownies. But now, let's get to The Fan Focus. All right, leading us off, Ken and Anthony on booze after the Deshaun Watson pick. I had people afterwards going. In the going, hallway? They, yeah. they were, no, Ken, you don't understand. No, it wasn't even just in the hallway. Like, throughout the day. Because, again, people go back and they're listening to it on on, on the podcast or on uh, on the app, right? And so I had, like, Browns, the rally possum tweeted us going, no, they weren't booing Watson. You don't understand. I'm going, Lyman was in the stadium. Uh, it was a same. very loud, but, obvious but ba- Baskin, uh, he decided to go ruin Arledge on me and try to explain television to me. I go, Andy, you're explaining to me. Anthony was right there. Anthony was well, right there. Well, we had four straight callers immediately he telling goes, us about no, the booing. No, no, they, they put those mics in the right spot. You catch the right guy booing at the right time, and all of a sudden you think it's booing Watson. He's like, I was at the stadium. They weren't booing Watson. I'm like, well, we had several callers saying that they were booing Watson. And the first replay they showed at the stadium was not that you could not see the tip. So everybody in the stadium thought that it was a just a terrible decision by Deshaun Watson, and he had not played well. Uh, we know. You don't have to but you call can, us about the weather. We know the weather had a big like, impact on people it. People boo, but it's so weird. You can't go back and give a big, I'm sorry for booing as a right. crowd because it happens in real time. And, yeah, I, honestly, when I first saw it, it took until Charles Davis mentioned the tip because – I was like, did it tip? Did it flutter? But I'm going, are you just looking? In my head, I'm going, are you just looking for excuses here, or did he just throw a really bad interception? Now, it did turn out it was tipped, but at the same time, I think there were a lot of people also saying, boy, it didn't need to be tipped. I mean, he could have thrown a better ball, which, okay, again, whatever. Two, two in one hand, one of the half dozen the other, whatever the Honestly, hell you want to say. It wasn't good. I wasn't surprised that there were boos, though. That part didn't surprise me in the slightest. We're the, the fan base is fickle. We're a fickle fan base, as they say in Gladiator. I just, I, I didn't blame you. It was, it was a really awful-looking interception. Until you saw that it was tipped, it looked like he didn't know what the hell he was doing in that play. And I think we all expected a little bit more, and I think there was some disappointment that set in. But I think everyone got to the final conclusion after the touchdown run in particular where Watson was... He was making some right moves. He was making some right decisions. Did he make every ball perfect? No, of course not. Of course not. There's a lot of room to grow. I'll take that as a week one start, though. But what was great about it was the defense let him basically do whatever he needed to do. He could have been sitting back there in a lawn chair with a Mai Tai, and it would have been fine. He would have have got the W because the Browns' defense was so dominant that they're letting Deshaun Watson ease into the first week of the season where, honestly, I, I thought, remember Anthony about a week and a half ago? He said, Joe Burrow, he's like, in order to be Burrow, you got to put up 30 points. They didn't need to put up 30 points. They put up 24, and it was great. Absolutely great. So I understand the fans' frustration there in that moment. I get it. You think Burrow's going to come back. You think he's going to, you know, get back into the game the way that he always does. And then he no-showed. It was an absolute surprise. But you got the W, and we get to move forward. All right, next up, Nick and Dustin on bar seating at restaurants. I walk in, and... I, 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 there was one spot at the bar, and I was like, oh, man, this is a little more packed than usual at the bar. Usually, you know, because I'll be honest, guys, I also try and find the spot of the bar where I have at least one seat between me and everybody else. I'm that guy. It's not that I'm, uh, don't, I'm, it's not that I'm antisocial. It's just that I'm antisocial. And it took me about two seconds to realize that there were three people just to my right, and these three people were all together. And they were conversing, and they were 
It was clearly like some sort of a work lunge. And I'll be honest with you, I hated them on spot. I hated them. Because I'm like, if you have two, if you have more than two people, you do not belong at the bar. I'm, I'm talking about at a restaurant. People. At, a, at an actual bar, you can do whatever the hell you want. No rules, right? But if Just right. But if we're talking about at a, at a restaurant and there's a bar there, if it's more than two people, go get a, a, a seat. You're, you're taking up too much valuable, uh, too much space. They had computers out. I'm like, nerds? Like, what are you doing here? Like, this is the bar. This is a communal area for, you know, for, for individuals or, you know, small duos to, to go ahead and eat their food. They took, they damn near took up the whole bar. And I might have said something. I was like, oh, I, was, I asked the guys. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why didn't you guys? Because I, I had to confront them on it because, you know, I am the uh, restaurant police. Why'd oh, you unzip your jacket? Because I'm I'm showing you how serious I am. That's a that's an official move. All right, right. I'm 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 loosening the tie a little bit. It's a you you don't understand the social dynamics involved here, Keith. It's okay. You're a boss now. You don't understand how us real people do things I don't, anymore. I don't agree. I agree to not have the laptops and everything and taking up a ton of space. I don't agree on the number of people. I, I don't see a problem with the number of people. Mm, no, I think that I think the people is the problem. People. Three, three people or more, or more than two people. I've said it about seven different ways. No, the, that the bar is not built for you. They're built for the lonely souls. I agree with Nick. I do. If you have more than two people, get a booth. You have more than two people, get an actual table. You can't be taking up seat at the bar. Now, if there's not any room at any table, I've gone to some restaurants here in Cleveland where you show up and you're like, okay. We got to eat at the bar because the bar is the only seating they have. We didn't make uh, reservations in time. We didn't do this properly. We thought we could just swoop in, which, by the way, there's not many restaurants that this is the case in Cleveland, but there are. There are a couple out there that I've been to where you show up and they're like, only place we got is for the bar. You can hang out there. You can get some drinks. You can do whatever you want to do. You can wait for a table at the bar. That's always a decent move as well. But anything more than two people. Yeah, you're a crowd, man. You're a crowd. Oh, man. I remember going to this one restaurant. We went on a double date, and uh, it was just like we we sat we sat around at, at the bar, and we were having a good time, and we we're doing. We could tell we were just taking up way too much space, way too much space, and all these people, all these solo people, and then the and the couples in general. You get a table, get a table, especially at, I think I think I know the place that Nick was at. Got a lot of booths at that place. Get a booth, and don't worry about it. The laptop at the booth is a weird move, though. You see, laptop at the bar, you think, all right, person's on a lunch break. They're not taking it too seriously. It is what it is. Everyone, four people out, laptops at a booth. A little problematic. All right, Baskin and Phelps in the NBA, resting stars. Do you know how much $100,000 is for an NBA team, Andy? Uh, is it like 10 cents? That's like post-game dinner. That's nothing. It's absolutely nothing for an NBA team. $100,000. That's nothing. So they'll just take the fine? I'll be interested in seeing if that's what they do. Here, here's the solution, I, I, I got to believe that they're going to... Uh, uh, so-and-so's got a hangnail, man. He can't play. Oh, and our other guy over there... Knee tendonitis. He's got paper cut. Knee tendonitis. You know how rough that can be on your hands trying to Here, dribble a leather basketball with multiple paper cuts? Here's, here's the thing. And I, I understand I don't agree. I understand. You want to have your guys playing on the biggest stage 
at the biggest time of the year. What is that? That's playoffs. The NBA has 30 teams, 20 of them. 20 of the 30 teams play some type of postseason basketball now that the play-in tournament is in existence. That means of the 15 teams in the Eastern Conference, only five won't make the playoffs. Would you like teams to play harder during the regular season? Would you like stars to play most of the time if they're healthy during the regular season and not worry about rest as they did in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s? Top four teams in each conference make the playoffs. Great idea, never going to happen. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Great idea, never going to happen. Too much money to be made with the amount of teams that get into the postseason. They like the play-in game a lot. I do think it's a little silly that all but five teams in each conference make the postseason. Stops becoming an accomplishment at some point. It really does. But too much money to be made. They're never going back. Next up, Ken and Anthony on pizza with Turtle from Entourage. Jerry Ferrara in studio today. Here we go. All right, Jerry Ferrara in studio. Final segment. Can I get one thing off my chest? Why do New Yorkers make me hate pizza? What do you mean? Why do you hate pizza? Because your people come here. You're snobby? (laughs) Your people come here, and every time we bring up pizza, whether it be, because I just heard what he was saying, and then Lyman and I looked at each other, and I was like, okay, I'm going to say it. Or Andy, or I mean, Adam would do it, and it was just like, ah, you guys don't even know what you're talking about with the pizza and the things like that. And they, you guys get into the whole thing. It's like, guys, it's just pizza. It's obnoxious. Love it, God. It's I just obnoxious. want to eat the damn stuff and move on with my life. You made me hate it. I actually, no, look, I think Cleveland has a really good but pizza scene. Don't name names. No names. Or my one boss will come over and start beating me. I just think the pizza scene is great here. So I'm not a pizza snob for, for in Cleveland, but there's been places I've, you know, because I've worked in all different cities, there's been some places I've been a pizza snob. What, is, what are we serving here? Not Cleveland, though. The only place, because Lima worked at a pizza shop and I worked at a pizza shop. The only place I've ever been like, this is filth, was Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Myrtle Beach. And my wife is like, this is good. And I'm like, you're Italian and from Youngstown, you disgust me. (laughs) Like, it was that bad. But, uh, like, every time, like, you start talking about pizza... You, you guys just take the air out of the room and just start complaining about how all the pizzas are terrible. I get, look, there's a lot of things New Yorkers do in other cities that take the air out of the room. <laughs> I will say uh, Front Street Pizza is one of them. Sports is another. So I actually don't know why you guys had me on today because those are two things we're oh, just talking about. I love about. it. I love it. No, that's great. Here. This is great. But no, the, I do, the, the pizza scene in Cleveland's great. It's awesome. You saying that just to say that? No, you... I'm saying, I, 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 I still live here. I haven't moved yet. So when you're in Thank New God. Haven, Connecticut, you're not saying the same thing? They got some Detroit. Good pizza. Yeah, then we start going to Detroit. Yeah, Arizona. But, guys, it's sauce. It's How you screw cheese. It up? How you it's, screw it up? it's meat. Well, plenty do. Plenty do, if but... If you cheap out on the sauce or I, the cheese, if the, che- people the buy, cheese... People I had... I the one. Hmm, how do I say this? <laughs> yeah, you figure one it out. One of the people I knew who were in the pizza business, they tried to do a cheaper cheese, and I go, this is... You're, you're going to ruin your business here. Cheese is gold. They went back the to most the most Would you thing. say that's go, the just, number one thing? Of yeah. a, what's your number one thing on a, on a slice? Like the, well, is I, it the sauce, the I dough, like, or the cheese? I like a sweet sauce, and I like extra sauce, so I know I'm weird about that. But I don't, I know that if cheese tastes off, they'll never get it again. Yeah, low-key, the bread makes it, too. What type of crust you have makes it. There, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into a good pizza. Cleveland's got good pizza, though. No doubt about that. Nick and Dustin on Browns fans' expectations. Like, I think this is something we've all kind of been having a conversation adjacent to. 
which is the Browns and respect. And I agree with Lima's central thesis, which is one win against the Bengals, no matter how impressive it was, it's just not going to get it done. It's not going to get you the kind of accolades and wake everybody up to where everybody in the national media is like, we were wrong. We were sleeping on them. It was we everything we said about the Steelers was true about the, the Browns. I think it's going to take a little bit more than that. Do you agree? I think it's going to take a lot. How much? That's interesting. How, that, that, much? how much? How much? Very nice. See, we wouldn't do that if we went to Syracuse. But continue. How much? Going to take a few weeks. Going to take six weeks. I mean, I think if you beat if you beat the Bengals and Steelers, especially because the Steelers is on Monday Night Football, I I think the conversations are going to start. But I'll be honest with you. We always talk about locally, uh, week one overreaction, Monday overreaction. We always talk about that kind of stuff. Nobody overreacts and vacillates between uh, extremes quicker and more significantly than the NFL media. Like, it's for a different reason. Ours, our vacillations, our overreactions in between the two extremes, that's all about fandom. The national media always is look or media, as they call it, uh, they're always looking for the hot hand to talk about. So I'll be honest with you. I think the national media is going to hop on board if you beat the Steelers. I think we should still all be saying it's been fun. It's great. Two teams you want to beat that, you know. But I think even though I, I hate when we say it's just one week or it's just September, I think in terms of proclaiming them champions mm-hmm. or true contenders, yeah, let's get in October. And if they're still playing the way they did week one all the way into October, okay, we're going to have to reset the parameters of the conversation. But even two wins, it'll be fun. I'm not saying don't have fun. I'm saying don't go overboard and say Super Bowl, Super Browns. Yeah, go overboard. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. You don't need six weeks to know what you saw on on week one. You don't need six weeks. You, you, you have it figured out right now. You might need to see more with the offense, but defensively, if they beat the Steelers and Deshaun looks good, I'm not even saying great, looks good, you guys know what I'm going to be talking about. You guys know. All right, leave that there. We're coming back. We'll get more into the Browns. I do want to make a quick baseball thought, though, with the latest on Terry Francona, an update, and uh, I just, when it comes to the baseball manager hierarchy, I don't want to get bent out of shape. I don't want to do it. We'll do it all next. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatle here with you on The Fan.